motherhood, and work. There isn't a right way or best way to juggle these, despite what you've heard or been told. No, really, there's not. Part-time work has been the best fit for me and my family, but it's tough to navigate any gray area of motherhood when you don't fit neatly in a box. My name is Tiana Fesh, and welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast, where we are going to build conversation and community around swinging motherhood and work in a way that works best for us and our families. No matter your path, it's an adventure with highs, lows, and in-betweens. Let's explore together. Welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm excited to be here with our guest today, Dr. Jillian Sawyer. Dr. Jillian is a mom of two and a chiropractor who has focused her career caring for moms and their children. She lost her own mother as she entered motherhood. This void, disconnection, and loss has perpetually fueled her passion to create an authentic safe space for women to be seen, heard, and feel well taken care of in their motherhood journey, to reconnect to themselves and their body. The opportunity to walk with women through this sometimes horribly lonely, often joy-filled, and always exhausting season has been a blessing. Each time another says same, offers an assuring nod, or lets their shoulders down, her cup gets filled, the void gets smaller, and her drive strengthens. Thank you so much for joining me, Jillian. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Now to start, I would love to learn more about your story. So what has been your journey in motherhood and work? that has brought you to where you are today? Good question. (laughs) It has not been a a linear path for me. Being a chiropractor, I've been in practice now for 12 years and uh, we're self-employed. So when I got out of school, I built up uh, a nice business and then decided to have a family. And then it just kind of throws everything on its head. So being self-employed, I had like, I think it was a 10 week mat leave with my first baby. And I had like a nanny come into the house and then tried to navigate being back in the practice because being away from your practice for a long time can be tricky to rebuild it. So there's been just a lot of trying to navigate, keeping things, feeling manageable and being able to manage both really full-time gigs. (laughs) Working and being a mom, it it is trying to juggle and manage to very full-time jobs. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. So I'm curious for yourself, obviously motherhood has its share of both wins and challenges. What are some of the strategies and resources that have helped you in your motherhood and work juggle? You know, I feel like I've just been trying to figure it out as I go. I've yet to tap into like a strategy or a resource because I feel like it's so ever-changing as soon as I feel like I have things figured out something else will come up and it's like re-sorting out your whole strategy I think the biggest thing that I've learned my oldest one is seven so over the last like seven years is just trying to figure out where my limits are And it's been a path of trying to say no to things and be able to be okay with not being able to do everything. And my strategy is trying to like really listen to where I'm at 
so that I don't push myself so far in both directions. Like I just, I don't think there's such a thing as balance, but I'm trying to create some type of um, flow that like feels good to me. So I don't get burnt out. (laughs) It can be really tricky and it can be really easy to take on too many things and just get absolutely exhausted with it all. And I'm curious too, I wanted to ask you, how did becoming a mom or did becoming a mom sort of change things for you with your work? Yeah. When I came into this career, I was kind of surrounded by men in the practice. And so when I was looking at like how they came into work and like the hours that they worked and things like that, when I became a mom, it was like, well, that's a very different experience for a mom. So I would, for instance, go to work for like these short little two or three hour stints so that I could pump between patients and like rush home to the nanny because I was guilt-ridden when I was at work. And then was, oh, when I was at home, I really wanted to still have that like peace in my life that was in my career. So it's just so back and forth. Like it just, it felt uh, unknown, like unknown territory because I was looking at something that wasn't what my reality was. And then when it was my reality, I just had to figure it out as I went and it changed every year. And did you know when you started your journey in becoming a chiropractor that you wanted to work with moms and kids? Was that sort of always your plan all along? Yeah, I had some some interest in school for sure. We did a little bit of training in it and I did some extra stuff outside of school. And then when I came into practice, I tried out a lot of different types of practices. And so I learned quickly what I didn't like. (laughs) And then I learned quickly that I had a a niche and like just a love for caring for women and moms and their families, because I feel like we just need so much support. And so if I can be a little support to people in that small portion of their life, it's very fulfilling for me. And where in your journey did you start your own practice too? Yeah, so... I feel like it would have been a couple years in when I finally went out and just wanted to be on my own because I had like gone through those different clinics to know what I liked and didn't like. So that was a scary adventure in its own regard. And now I'm able to be part of like a group practice. So I essentially share space with a number of different practitioners. So it doesn't feel like I'm completely on my own, which is nice. Yeah, it's really, it's a fun environment. Yeah, it's nice to kind of have that sense of community, isn't it? Yeah. Be in it together. Totally. (laughs) And there is obviously so much to be learned in motherhood, which is the biggest understatement ever. I feel like, I mean, our kids are bigger and I still feel every day I'm learning something new, especially with teenagers. Um, I'm wondering what are some of the most significant insights that you've had in your motherhood journey? I think the biggest thing is that the realization that like nobody knows what they're doing and everyone is on the struggle bus. Everyone has like some deep internal struggle, whether they're vocal about it or not. And it's hard for us to navigate motherhood. I think even with social media, where it's very easy to like peer into somebody's highlight reel of their life and then make you feel like you're maybe not living up to some standard that you've created for yourself. So just the understanding that we all are probably feeling the exact same way on some level, it takes a little bit of the pressure off, I feel. Yeah, it really does. I found, especially as a new young mom, I found it was really easy 
to look outside of myself and just feel like I completely had no idea what I was doing, but I, but that everybody else knew what they were doing. And I found more and more, especially as I've gotten more connected with other moms in my village, that in fact, you're right. Nobody knows what they're doing and we're figuring things out day by day. And it's so refreshing just to be able to kind of share that with other moms and be able to kind of talk through things and figure out things together. It is a huge, huge help. Totally. And obviously things change a lot too, as our family grows. So now you've got two girls in school. Yeah. So have you found that to have been a significant shift for you as a mom and as a mom who works as well? Yeah, I think like for the first time ever, they're both at the same place. So logistically, it's nice to like have one drop off and have one place to gather them after. I think that like they're navigating their own experiences in school and especially in the environment that we're living in right now, like they're loaded with emotions and uncertainty and uh, each of them bring that like into our family. And then my husband and I are both dealing with uncertainty and different things. And so it's tricky to like hold space, I think, for everyone in the family, and then also be able to support and be there for them, and then be able to put on your hat in terms of like your professional career, and then step into that role and hold space for people as well. I think it's just like, there's so many things going on that it's tricky with two kids in school. Because there's just a lot more to think about. There's a lot of emails. There's a lot of like, don't forget (laughs) to bring your helmet to school for inline skating. And like, I feel, yeah, I said last night to my husband, I feel like we need a secretary. Like I need someone to field these emails so I don't forget things for the school week, you know? Yeah, it is so true. That's actually something with my friend group. We've really, especially when the kids are younger and there was a lot more of those things. Now I put the onus way more on my own kids because 15, you should probably remember more stuff yourself. But we used to text each other reminders. So even now it's that, do you have next month's bus pass? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just things like that. Cause it's so easy. There's so many little things just, I feel swirling around, like be it in emails or in the back of my head, trying to keep track of, and you're right. That school age sort of adds that additional element of things to keep track of and making sure your child has their helmet for inline skating <laughs> and all of those things. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely, definitely an adventure. One of the things I find a little bit tricky is just that shifting gears. Do you have some things that you do that help you to shift gears sort of as you step from your work day to being home with your kids at the end of the day, is there anything that's helpful for you with that? Yeah, I feel that's been like a practice that I've needed to learn because I find it hard to like transition from one to the next. And we live out of town a little bit. And so I've turned my commute into my time to kind of decompress or get my head around what the day is going to look like. So it gives me at least 20 minutes on either end of my day to switch gears even just like a little like self-talk or a little affirmation of like, you did what you did at work, let it go. Or just even like a deep breath walking into the house to just kind of change my tone of my body. If I go in there feeling stressed and maybe something happened during the day, it's easy to carry that through the front door, right? And so just to kind of reset my nervous system, like some simply some deep breaths as I'm like walking up to the house 
it's very helpful because as soon as the door opens, it's like mom and there's like the dog and there's so many things going on. So you, yeah, you need to be focused. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> there's a lot. There's so many things. Yeah. I, I often pick up our youngest from school and I find that it's like the commute or the walk to school is a chance for me to take those deep breaths and to uh, kind of shift my thinking a little bit. Cause you're right. As soon as everybody's in the house, it's just full on. Yeah, <laughs> There's a lot going on and a lot of people with a lot of things that they want to tell you about all the things yeah. that happened that day or yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a busy time. Now in your practice, you care for moms in the parent perinatal phases of life. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. <laughs> so what does this encompass and what are some of the common reasons that moms come to see you? Yeah. So the perinatal realm is kind of like anywhere from pregnancy to after you've had your baby, I guess you could like classify it in a box as the four trimesters. So three trimesters of pregnancy and then the fourth being those few months after you've delivered your baby. Um, but I always say to moms, like postpartum's forever going through pregnancies and deliveries and like stepping into motherhood changes us forever. So perinatal is kind of like women at all stages, but kind of focused around the pregnancy time. And I think it's an interesting time. It's, it's a lucky time for me because this is kind of a generalization, but for the most part, we're quite in tuned to our bodies at that stage because there's so many changes. And so it might be easier in that time frame for some people to recognize when things feel off in their body or recognize if they're experiencing pain and like feel motivated to do something. And that's where I come into play is like the women that are coming to see me in the office, they're having something come up in their bodies that I could help them with, whether it's treatment in the office or giving them just more information as to why that's happening or resources in terms of like, just making them not feel alone because I think when that's the new thing, and even from pregnancy to pregnancy, like both of my pregnancies were very different. It's new every day and there's a new thing to kind of navigate and figure out. So just trying to be a safe place for them to be able to ask questions and better understand what's going on and then direct them in a, in a different way if they need care from somebody else. But we need, moms need support. It's a big time and I don't think that support need ever ends. So I'm just grateful to be able to be in a place to help them navigate that as they go. Yeah. Moms definitely need support. And I think until I lived the experience of becoming a mom, I didn't realize how much everything does change. Yeah. Yeah. Physically, mentally, emotionally, just, yeah, all the things change in so many ways. Now, one of the things I know that you've spoken of is how you help moms feel connected, comfortable, and well in their own bodies. So what are some of the specific ways that you would work with moms to help them to achieve that? Yeah, I feel like one of our like root ways to get back into our body is through our breath. There's a lot of interesting ways to, for instance, like rehabilitate the core after you've had a baby through your breath and how your body moves and um, teaching them how to like use their body to their advantage as they're moving through different phases, whether they're holding a baby all the time or like wrangling a toddler to get them dressed strategies that can help them feel like kind of strong and solid in their core, like in the core of their being and physically in their core. 
And so I feel like it's a really neat thing to figure out how to breathe again. The way that we breathe as adults is very different than how you would watch a baby breathe. And there's something to be said to like retraining your body into that, like really deep diaphragmatic breathing is what we call it. And we know with the research that diaphragmatic breathing can help to calm your nervous system. So I feel like with everyone living at like such a heightened level of stress and anxiety and all the things going on, that if we can teach people how to get back into their body and tone down their nervous system, it's a skill that would take them through so many different phases of life. So one of the like big things that I teach in the office is how to breathe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which seems silly, but well, it's amazing. Yeah. But, but not because I, sometimes when I'm feeling anxious or stressed, I, I even catch myself just, I'm breathing in a much more shallow way Yeah. or I'll even like hold my breath yeah. <laughs> for a little bit. So if a mom was listening right now and was trying to, you know, think about being more conscious about their breathing and using breathing to feel better and more connected to their own body, could you like walk us through yeah. sort of how you would help them with that and take a proper deep, totally. healthy breath. <laughs> yeah. This is like an easy way to, um, just like reconnect your body. So if you place, let's say your right hand on your chest and your left hand on your abdomen, and then just take a breath, how you normally breathe. So if you maybe even close your eyes and take a breath in and exhale, you can get a sense there of like which hand moves. So a lot of people would say, Hey, my chest hand moved, which is what you're describing with like that short, shallow breathing. We've got all these muscles that connect our head to the top of our shoulders. They're called um, accessory breathing muscles. And when we take short, shallow breaths, a lot of the tension builds in the shoulders. And so you'll feel your chest like heave at the top of your chest when you go to take a breath. I think in yoga practices, generally, they try and teach you to breathe into your belly. But when we look at the core and how it functions, I like to teach people a rib breath. So then if we took our hands and we made like a, a circle in front of our face and then took our hands around the rib cage. So the thumb is at the back and the pointer fingers at the front of the ribs. You're just kind of underneath the bra line, I guess what we try and get people to do is breathe into the hands. So you make yourself feel like you're widening through your rib cage, like 360 degrees. So when you take a breath in, instead of having your chest heave and your shoulders like tighten up, you're going to want to try and breathe in. So you feel like you're widening to the side and the front and back. So when you breathe in now, you should feel your ribs expand to the side and come back together on your exhale when your ribs move like that, it activates like your diaphragm, which is this big dome that sits underneath your ribs. It activates your diaphragm to move and it takes all the stress away from your shoulders because your rib cage and that big muscle is doing all the work. And that diaphragm breath stimulates your nervous system to like downregulate from like fight and flight where you're stressed and panicked into like a parasympathetic, like a relaxed state. So if you're wondering how to do this, you literally put your hands around your ribs, try and make yourself breathe into your hands. So your, your rib cage almost feels like it's opening like an umbrella and focus your movement there and keep your chest and your belly quiet. Oh, that is so helpful. Yeah. So that be, yeah. That's <laughs> amazing. And you explained it so well. That'll be such a great takeaway. It's something that people could do today or tomorrow yeah. <laughs> to make a big difference in just finding that sense of calm or taking that 
deep breath as they transition from one part of their day to another part of their day. Totally. Yeah. And the, the research shows us that like 10 diaphragmatic breaths can downregulate your nervous system. Okay. So it's not like you have to have this dialed in, but if you consciously took 10 breaths into your ribs, you'll feel like the vibe in your body shift. Like you'll feel like you chill out. Which is a great thing. I think we all need that. Yeah. (laughs) From time to time or all the time. And 10 breaths, that's doable. Totally. That's very doable. (laughs) Well, thank you for that. Now, I wanted to ask you, I call them rapid fire questions, but I never ask them very quickly. So Uh (laughs) I am such a big proponent of the big borough steel philosophy when it comes to motherhood. I feel like why reinvent the wheel? Other people have these great ideas and you can take them or leave them, but it might provide a little something helpful to pop into your back pocket. So I'm curious, what has been your go-to meal on those super busy days? Yeah, this is like hands down smoothies (laughs) because all of us can have the same thing and it can be taken into the car if we're rushing off to activities or something. And so I'll usually throw in like I don't know, some kind of like almond milk and a banana and like a healthy fat, like even peanut butter, or almond, almond butter, and then throw in some collagen for some protein and blend that up. And the kids think it's like a milkshake ish. And there's some good like health to it. And it sustains us until we can like sit down and have a meal. That is, yeah, absolutely. For on the go, it's perfect, right? Yeah. And yeah, and it can fill you up. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. In lots of healthy ways. And what is your favorite family game or activity? Jenga. Ah, yeah. (laughs) It's tricky with like little ones to do a board game when not everyone's at the same like level of understanding or wanting to like play fair. (laughs) So we, we got Jenga recently as like a family game that we can all play. And it really gets like, it gets everyone involved and excited and it's like, everyone can take turns and it's oftentimes leaves us laughing and it's fun. That is a fun one. Yeah. (laughs) Especially when it falls, right. When it falls at the end, it's still super fun. That's like the best part. (laughs) (laughs) And what is a book podcast or TV show? And you can say one of each if you want as well that you've enjoyed recently. Yeah. This is funny. My girls and I have really gotten into the great Canadian baking show (laughs) on Netflix. We're trying to find something that's like a little bit more chill and something that we can all enjoy because I'm sure you've like sat and watched cartoons more than you'd like to admit. And they are, they're really into baking. They love watching how all these things are created. And I actually don't mind it. So that's what we've been binging on Netflix recently. That's awesome. My, our youngest loves that, like baking cooking shows. Yeah. And yes. they're very interesting. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and then in terms of, I'm just trying to think in terms of books, I have a hard time sitting down to read a book. Um, I'm more of an audible person at this stage in my life. I think that like I'll utilize that during commutes and stuff, just like throw an audio book on to shift my brain. If I'm going into like an anxiety or stress spiral, it makes me think about something else. Um, And I was just looking on my list in here of what I've been listening to recently. There's so many good ones. You know what I really loved recently that I listened to was Untamed. I read yeah. that this summer. Yeah. It's a good one. 
I just love hearing people's stories and like what their journey's been. And even though sometimes it's like a very different journey, it just, there's some relatable part or feeling or experience and it makes you want to tell your story because then you can, I don't know, do the same for somebody else. I love like, if I'm going to listen to something, it's like listening to like a real story about somebody's life. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the audiobooks are such a great way to do that. I find I can read books during the summer mm. or when I have downtime, when I'm not thinking of 50 million things, but I struggle with picking up a book sometimes during the school year. Cause I read three pages at that time. I fall yeah. asleep and I forget what I read and I have to start again. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. But that's great to be able to listen while you're commuting or going for a walk or doing something else. I love that. Now, uh, in the part-time jungle, we like to keep things real about motherhood. And I'm wondering if you have a story to share about a learning experience that you've had as a mom. There's so many, but it's hard to choose from. I feel like generally the times that I've like totally fallen apart were my biggest learning experiences because I wasn't able to like stuff down or sidestep my feelings. And when I completely fall apart, it's like me literally on the ground in the fetal position, feeling whatever's come up or just come to like my wits end with stress or a situation or worry or whatever it is. And then actually needing to like reach out for help instead of just doing it myself. There's so much to be said for like being super vulnerable and just like getting to the place where like, well, I guess this is the bottom. So there's nowhere to go, (laughs) but up from here and to like allow your kids to see that too. It's, I think I had a lot growing up of like this feeling that like everything's okay. Like it's just fine. And I think as a kid, you pick up and like your parents are struggling with something and I've been trying really hard to like vocalize those feelings to my kids so that they can see that it's okay for them to see their strong mom completely crumble. And it's okay to have like feelings of like anger and rage and sadness and cry, and then be able to, to pick yourself up from that and explain to them like what I'm feeling in those moments. And I catch them playing with each other and like telling like just describing these feelings that I thought that they would have, like, I don't think I knew about those feelings when I was a kid and being able to like verbalize that to each other instead of having a meltdown, like they're able to really vocalize because I'm so vocal about what I'm feeling. Like if I, if I'm tearing cause I'm sad about my mom in an instant, I don't just say, Oh, I'm fine. I say, Oh, mom's feeling sad right now. I'm crying because of this and it's going to be okay. You know, and then they feel like they're involved in my world too. I think that's super important. Well, and I think you're so right. Like kids do pick up on on so many things, way more than we might even give them credit for. Yeah. They notice, they notice those emotions and that change in tone of voice or shift in body language. And they, they pick up on those things for sure. And I think it's so wonderful that you're talking about those things with your, with your girls. That is really, that's really nice. And before we wrap things up, I'm wondering if you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom for moms who are listening, who might be looking for some inspiration or support with their own mom work juggles. Yeah. I feel like it's going to feel messy all the time. You're going to feel like 
you're dropping the ball a lot of the time. It's going to feel like you never have time for either or. And I don't know. I think if we could normalize that, like that messiness is the norm and not just you failing, (laughs) it would be really helpful. Like the way that your journey looks and the ups and downs is probably not going to follow suit with anyone around you. So to lean into friends and family and whoever you have for support when things feel like crap and uh, reach out a hand when you're doing well and you feel like you can support somebody else because it's a dynamic dance of craziness. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, it's just, it's okay to not have it all together. And we just are all struggling through it together, I guess. So you don't feel alone. I love that. It is a dynamic dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The music behind that dancing, sometimes it's a little wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jillian, thank you so much for sharing your time and words of wisdom with us today. If our listeners want to learn more about you and all the things that you are up to, where are the best places to find you? Yeah, I'm just having my website actually redone and it's almost ready. So if you go to jillianswear.com, that has a ton of local resources for moms in that like perinatal time of life. And there's a blog on there and a community page to allow you to come into like a safe place to ask questions. That's away from social media, which I think is nice. And then on Instagram, I hang out at Dr. Jillian Sawyer. And then if you want like nerdy and anatomy, breathing, release kind of tips um, at Mama and Me Chiropractic on Instagram as well. All right. And you also recently contributed to a book that came out. So what is the book? Can you tell me a little bit about that? And what was your contribution? Yeah, I wrote in uh, a book called She Grieves. And it's a collection of women's stories with some kind of loss in their life. And the losses range drastically. I feel that it would touch so many different people because of the the ranges and the stories I wrote about the loss of my mom but more so in the recent like year and how a lot of grief has bubbled up and come full circle with different things that have happened in our life and this story is really to share our stories to be able to connect with people so that when they're in their grief journey they know that they're not alone they know that someone has walked those days and um that that person who's writing the story is on not the other side but able to live in and with their grief and still be around to share their story so it's basically just a stretched a stretched out hand for people that are navigating grief in so many different ways in their life and that book is just going to print soon there'll be more information on the website in terms of how to get your hands on it it'll be on amazon and stuff perfect I'll make sure to share that information in the show notes so people can connect with you and also to find the book as well. And I want to thank you so much for joining me today, Jelena. It was really great to connect with you. Yeah, it was so nice to chat with you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Part-Time Jungle and on my website, www.theparttimejungle.com. I would love if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. 
see you next time, where we will continue to explore the motherhood jungle together.